All right, motherfucker. <laughs> I actually really want to talk to you about not doing if possible. So the last couple of weeks since I've been in Germany, I feel like I've been telling you that on one hand, it's been a really great experience and different from the times that I've been back before. I felt happier. I felt more at peace being here. I felt more enjoyment with family members and friends and all that. But on the flip side, I also felt a big difference between the two months of englowment that I had and how I felt when I was back here. And, you know, I was now looking back, it seems to me that I was in this sort of internal storm of sorts where I was trying to figure out what is happening, but I was definitely struggling. At times, I would be in the pretending game and go, I'll pretend I'm happy. I pretend I'm above the old Steli. And then I'd, I'd hear a voice that would go, the pretending sucks. You know, this is not the solution. Just be honest. Dare to be honest. And if you're not feeling as happy and as zen as you did before, then that's the reality right now, which was a bummer at times. Then I had this inner voice that said, you know, and we talked about this recently, this is the real inner work. It was easy when I was on a metaphorical mountain by myself, but now I'm back, enveloped by family, by friends, children, you know, by the country that I grew up, the city that I grew up with in, in a very tumultuous way. So here, peace is not as easily attained, you know, maybe not as easily accessible to me at this moment, which is inconvenient when you have a lot of this peace state. No matter how much I knew the entire time that is also not the destination, there was a part of me that wanted it to be, you know. Yeah. It's like, ah, it might not be, but maybe it is. Push a button, push a button, push a steering button, push a steering button. Yeah, it's humbling because I'm like, ah, maybe I thought I was a little above or beyond where I'm back to now. But I will, you know, I was telling myself, take this with grace and the stumble is part of the dance. All these slogans that I made up, I was using and they were helping to a degree. But at the end, I was still stumbling inside and I couldn't find anything to hold on to. I really wasn't sure what is it that I'm learning? What is it that difficult for me to access to find myself back more grounded or as grounded as I was before? And I didn't fall completely back to some kind of a bad place. And comparatively speaking, I still had, still was way different state that I would have been a year ago. But the before and after of the last two months and then the last three weeks was so big that I was trying to breathe and to be okay with it. But in all honesty, there was a part of me that was just not okay with it. That was like, why I'd be a little bit more peaceful. <laughs> just a little bit more zen is what I need, you know? Grinding my teeth. Ah, just a little bit more zen is, would be nice right now. And this has happened a number of times. Afterwards, it's always so obvious. But in the moment, although it stares me in the face, it's so difficult to see. Maybe because it's so stormy inside of me. In those moments, but I know that one recurring question for me was, what is it that I have to learn or fully experience here that I'm resisting? Because I could sense that I'm resisting something. And because there were so many stimuli, so many things happening, I was very confused and distracted by all of that. I was like, is it, you know, my relationship with my ex-wife? Is it my children? Is it my brothers? Is it my mother? Is it the country of Germany? Is it 
that I am overwhelmed with social, you know, noise? Is it, what is it? And every day I was on the hunt of trying to figure out there's something going on here that I'm not willing to face, but I can't quite say what it is. Like I can't quite grasp it. And then on Sunday, I don't even know why and how I sat down like I did many times before and I didn't do anything for 15 minutes. I did my 15 minutes of nothing. I did that quite often in Germany. It's always enjoyable, but it never ready for it to help me click. And then on Sunday morning, it just clicked and I instantly felt a level of happiness and I was back in my englomant state. And it was very nice to be able to go back there. I was like, it was very, very nice. I was like, ah, of course it was this. What it was for me was the message or the lesson is do no thing. Like there's nothing to do here. You're here in Germany and what's currently your test, right? Every moment is a test or a celebration. The test here is do not do anything. You don't have to do anything. And the funny thing is that these entire three weeks, Many, many times, we talked about this on the podcast, this one time where my hands turned into wood in the morning at four and I had this like, it reminded me of this first MDMA therapy session where I again had this sensation with my hands that communicated to me, there's nothing for you to do, just like relax, just take it all in, just receive everything. You don't have to do nothing right now. And we talked about this on the episode about like magic and like seeing magic and wonder in life. To me, even having such an intense situation where at 4 a.m. in the morning, I sit there and my hands feel like they're part of a tree and I'm reminded of, oh, I don't have to do anything. I was still thinking, what is the lesson? What am I trying to learn here? I did this 15-minute exercise a couple of times and at least three times when I was laying there and just looking, my hands went numb really quickly and really weirdly. And every time I thought, huh, yeah, don't do anything. You don't have to do anything. That seems to be a thing. Moments later, I would still ask myself, what is it that I need to do and learn in Germany? And I realized Sunday morning that the moment I came back home here, my mind went into an overdrive where it was way harder for me to practice non-doing than I did back in Austin. Because my mind instantly filled with these people that are very stimulating in the way that I think about my responsibility for them, what I want to do for them, what needs to get done. And it's much harder for me to be in a state of non-doing around my family, around certain friends. Today, for instance, this morning, one of the things that popped up to me is that I'm going to try to have Ramin, host Ramin as a friend in my house here for two days. And stay in a state of non-doing. Because it's very difficult. Because the moment I know that you are going to arrive, almost every thought will wander to you. Like in the morning, should I clean the, the house to make it nicer for you to arrive? When I pick you up, what should I wear? What do we do right after I pick you up? Yeah, even what I wear is the thing. I have a guest. I need to look fresh. <laughs> you didn't even notice how I looked. You didn't even make a comment or a compliment. What are we going to do right after I pick you up? Do we go have a nice lunch? Do we do this? Do we do that? And I could I still had some of these thoughts, but my natural tendency would be to have a ton of them and not just those. What are we going to talk about work? What are we going to get done on the podcast? What are we going to plan? This is where my parts of my mind would go. And then having you here for me would be both pleasant, but also a lot of work, very taxing. 
which is the way that my children are stimulating me that way. My mother, my ex-wife, my brothers, right? And I think everyone who knows you is like a friend of you. They know that, okay, if we're going to spend time with Steely, right? He's going to take care of things or, you know, we're going to do these things or that thing. It's going to be right because you're always in that mindset. I'm always in that mindset. And it's this fine dance because part of me likes that. So it's not about not doing anything for anybody anymore. I think it's more the state of how the doing is being done. Now we're getting like a little fuzzy, but, and I don't really know, this is still new territory. So I'm still exploring, right? And wondering, and we're going to get lost in this conversation about this stuff. But in the past, sometimes I would flip the switch really hard and go, you know what? I don't want to be responsible for everything. I don't want to be everybody's dad, older brother, or CEO. And then I would switch it off and go, I'm not going to do anything. And that would create friction because people didn't know that I decided, yeah, randomly today I'm switching this off. So even without explicit expectations, there's implicit expectations, there's dances, there's a dynamic between friends, between people. And so people would rely on me consciously or subconsciously for certain things. And then when I would just not do them, it would create irritation. When I would do them, you know, it might be nice. The system is back to normal. But I could tell that sometimes it would fill me up with energy, but oftentimes it would tax me. It would just be work for me. I would be in a sort of work mode even when I'm with friends because I'm always feeling responsible for everything. Being in Germany was very activating in that it activates that part of me even more than the kind of life that I developed in Austin in the US that was just not as filled with people that expect me to be responsible or lead and me expecting myself to lead and be responsible for all these people. So being in Germany really put back in a place where my mind was much busier in telling me about all the people and all the things that need doing. And probably that was a big reason why I had all these moments where my hands would go numb or feel funky, and I would perceive the message, the receive the message of, I should not be doing this. I need to not do the next second do, and then the second after, be confused about why is everything so difficult and why am I so tense and what is the lesson I need to learn? I can't quite figure it out. It's so difficult to see. The moment on Sunday morning, I received the message one more time, like I kept getting it. It instantly put me back into Austin state, in Gloman state. Like I was thinking, oh yes, there's nothing to do. I don't need to do anything. Now, here's the crazy thing. When I say do nothing, I don't mean literally not acting in any way, shape or form. What I mean is more a state of mind, right? It's the state of mind of, you know, whatever you want to call that. It could be called peacefulness, emptiness. It could be called groundedness, presence, awareness, surrender. You could give it different names. But it's a embodiment of an empty vessel of sorts. And then it's not that you're not filling up with the juices of life. It's that you're embodying the entire time is never the juices, never the fluid. It's always the vessel, right? You stay the vessel and things happen through you and within you, but you're not those things. And it's hard to describe. But this can be accomplished for moments at a time, but it can be sustained for longer periods, right? You always lose it, but refine it, but it can be a very a much more red thread throughout your day. And you can also summon it whenever you want, right? Yes. 
So the art form here is to let the doing happen through you versus be doing. And it requires a level of, as I said, you have to be present in the moment to really feel your body, feel the current moment, and then in a sort of empty-minded state, receive what's next. Like receive what would be next right now, what has to happen next right now. And then you do that, you fill yourself up with that without becoming that or forgetting that that is now who you are. And then once that is over, you're empty again and you're ready to receive whatever the next moment needs from you. So yesterday, for instance, I did a lot more things than I did most other days that I've been in Germany. But I couldn't fall asleep. I had so much energy at 10 p.m. Versus the weeks before every night, I was exhausted. At 9 p.m., I was exhausted. And although I did so many more things, my energy level was rising throughout the day instead of falling. And the main difference that I experienced was that there was no effort in doing or deciding what to do. I think that's a big part of it. Is One is the friction in deciding. Should I work on this thing or should I work on that thing or should I work on this other thing? But there's also this other thing. This alone is so much friction and is so taxing. Just the thoughts, the constant thoughts versus yesterday, I would just sit there and I would just relax and know yesterday I was able to do that. I'm sure I'll forget again, but I would sit there and I would know there's nothing that I need to do. Things will arise. I will do things, but they will flow through me. I don't have to decide anything. Also, yesterday I had this thought in the morning that I was thinking, no matter how many of your to-do items you get done, the world will never be more complete. Like, we will never arrive at a more complete world because you got three more things done on your list today versus two or five. Life is a never-ending experience. And no matter how complete we feel today, wait a couple of days and we'll be back to square one on all the things that have life has just, the ocean of life has just brought to shore all of these new pieces that you have to take care of. And then when you die, there's going to be a list of things you are planning to work on, to do, conversations to have, paperwork to get done, garages to, to clean out. All that work is not done and the world moves on. And it just flows around your responsibilities and you and all the things you need to do every day and all the things you're responsible for, just the world moves on. Somebody else assumes some of that responsibility. The rest was never that important and it just keeps flowing. So no matter how much doing I do, there's no completion here. The world is not getting more complete. I will not be more complete. And if I fight against those ocean waves, there's no winning. There's only losing. If you fight against the waves, think about how violent the ocean turns, how violent and unfair and unexplainable life is to you versus when you surf the waves, you swim with the waves, all of a sudden, the same element, but it's kind of like enjoyable. Yeah, a totally different experience. So yesterday, I would sit there and I would just be empty and embody the state of there's not one thing that I need to do. If something wants to be done, it'll be obvious. Sometimes I would just sit there and look, and then I would think, there's nothing right now, and I would just chill. And it's tricky. Usually, I would not be able to just chill without my mind starting the search. And then so many moments, most of yesterday, though, it was obvious what needed to be done next, or what had to be done next. It was just obvious. If I was really zooming into the present moment, 
I thought, well, in two hours I have this call and right now I need to do this one thing. And I thought, well, that's the only things that I'll do. I'll do the thing that's right now. And then in two hours I have a call. Nothing else needs doing. And I would do the thing that I would do now. And that would naturally lead to another thing. And that led naturally to the next thing and then to the call. And I would do these activities. They would flow through me. It was basically this kind of surrendering and receiving what has to happen next. Like more of a state of inspiration, like writing music versus laboring at the fields or through some, you know, assembly line process. And so it's such a big part of my personality to define my self-worth and the value I create in the world through what I have done today. And the thought, I haven't done anything today. We talked about this recently. It's such a present thought in my life. The majority of the days of my life, I thought at some point or the other, I didn't do anything today. No matter how much I done, I was like, I haven't done anything today. Feeling that pressure of not getting enough done, feeling the pressure of what else needs doing, feeling the pressure that I need to do, I need to, this absolutely has to happen, creates a tension that is robbing me of that wonder and magic and flow state and also that spiritual connectedness that I'd experienced before. That when I can forget about all the I need to this, I need to that, doing, 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 when I can let all that go. And relax into the knowing that I can just be and things will get done. I will be compelled externally or internally to do something, but I don't need to. Nothing has to get done. Nothing will ever get done. In that state, all of a sudden, I started feeling peaceful again. I started feeling inspired. I started feeling energized. And I was thinking, oh, that was what I was missing the last three weeks. And... Probably there were so many times a day where in one way or another, that lesson was staring me in the face. I said multiple times, I thought about it and I still couldn't. I couldn't like internalize it. But how many times does this happen to us, right? Yeah. How many times does that happen? Yeah. Where the obvious truth is punching us in the face and after weeks of getting punched, we go, oh, I now know what's going on. Something is punching me. It's this. Weeks is sometimes pretty good skill. Yeah, weeks is a good skill sometimes. That's true. And that goes back to a, probably a fear, a reluctance inside of, am I really, really ready to let go of this? When I'm in Austin and there's no friends, no family, no children, no nobody. Okay, we're okay of letting go of these things. But here, can I be stelly? If doing is not at the center of who my essence is and that pressure that I felt most of my life that just pressure is probably the most consistent presence, internal presence of my life is probably a type of pressure, an inner tension that would communicate to me right now, what you do is not enough. Do more. It definitely made me not stay on the couch watching television for 18 hours a day, seven days a week, like I did most of my childhood. Like it didn't make my childhood my destiny. That drive helped. But it's also sort of fucked up that the most consistently present internal state is pressure. It's like a very ineffective engine that burns a lot of fuel, right? Yeah, there's no elegance in it. Such a hardcore brute force way. And sometimes that being able to brute force yourself to certain things is powerful. Many people can't. And sometimes 
there might not be an elegant way that's accessible to most humans, right? So having that as a way to do things is great. But as always, you have that, it's great, and then it becomes the only thing you do. And if that's the only thing you experience, which is something I experienced so much, looking back, there's a great empathy that arises in me for myself. I go, holy fucking shit, it's not nice. Having that as the centerpiece of my internal experience, that's not nice. It's not love, it's not joy, it's not curiosity, it's a pressure. Not sometimes, most of my life saying, summarize the main feeling you're feeling internally, pressure. That's too harsh for a human. Like that might be working for a certain type of machine engine, but even a machine engine that has, is always at the red line of its pressure will break. Nothing can operate that way very long without breaking. And humans for sure can operate that way without breaking in many, many ways. Even saying it out loud now makes me feel like I want to hug myself because I'm like, yeah, dude, I mean, you know, the nice thing about it is that I'm like, yeah, I'm a bad motherfucker. You know, I can withstand pressure. Like, that's nice. I know I can withstand some pressure. But then I'm like, oh, my God, how much unnecessary pressure. That's the bad part. The majority of it, you know, a good amount of it did not help me, did not make me better. Some of this pressure makes me do things that I don't want to do. A lot of this pressure is in the way of me doing the things that I should be doing. Like it's that back and forth, that push, push, push for things that shouldn't, that actually if I don't get them done or don't do them, they don't matter. It's that that exhausts me and then I don't have the creativity to do my best work, to create my best art, to have the best insight or the best ideas. I became a much better CEO when I stopped working as much on being a CEO. Like I had many, many years where I worked 10 hours, 12 hours, 13 hours a day. I was a terrible CEO back then. And now where I work way less hours, I'm way better at what I do. Because it's not just the amount of hours or the amount of to-do items or items that you touched or worked on or whatever, but the amount of pressure you pushed on yourself to feel like you're at least pushing as hard as possible. Pushing as hard as possible makes no sense. If I'm like just pushing against a massive wall as hard as possible every day, I can't just be like, well, you know, I'm making as much progress because I'm pushing as hard as possible. I'm making no progress. And I'm insane. It's insanity. There's no pride that I should take in pushing as hard as possible against an object that is moving. And then when I go to bed exhausted, I have some sick pride that I'm exhausted. And that happened a lot in my life. A lot of pushing against immovable objects and feeling at least proud for working this hard, for pushing this hard. When what was needed in those situations, was not pushing as hard. It was just walking around or looking differently at the problem. But being with my children, with my family, being here, even being in a kind of in this situation where there's so much change in my life right now, that the art now for me to flow through all that change from a non-doing perspective, from a I don't have to, the core of who I am is not going to be all the doing that I will do. The core of who I am is something else, is something unchangeable. And I can just, these things will get done easily when I flow, easily when I'm relaxed. And as I said yesterday, I did so many things, but it was all downstream. It was all effortless. It was all sailing with the perfect amount of wind from the perfect direction. There was no rowing like crazy against the waves. And the only difference between yesterday and many other days was my state of being, was me opening myself up to the lesson I was fighting three weeks prior every day. 
where parts of me thought, yeah, non-doing, I get it. I don't have to do that much. But when I'm here, I can't be different. I cannot be who's Steli if I am not who I always am when I'm here. That's somebody new, somebody different. There's something scary about that. So apparently I was fighting that, which makes me think all struggle in life or much, not all, but much of the struggle in life can be brought back to those inner battles and those lessons we don't, yeah, self-imposed struggle, lessons we don't want to learn, things we don't want to see. That's always the chaos, the struggle. Pain is not optional, right? But suffering is optional. And the suffering of confusion of, I don't know what to do. Why isn't this so difficult? Why am I so stressed? Something isn't right. Oh my God, everybody's overwhelming. That basically you saying, I don't want to look in the mirror right now. So I'm driving myself crazy to distract myself from what I need to accept, from what is in front of me. That's always that. Always, always, always. Yeah, It's either you learn or you suffer. But in the suffering, it's so easy to think it's the world's fault. It's other people's fault. When I came back, that's why we were talking about this so much. I was thinking, you know, when you go to an ayahuasca retreat in the jungle, or when you go to a silent retreat in a monastery, you can attain a certain level of peacefulness and connectedness and presence. And then you come back to quote unquote real life. And people oftentimes, they'll then see the world even worse than it is. They'll look at the world and they go, this world is turning my peaceful self into shit. I can't be happy with these people. As strong as an artificial plan. Yes, yes, yes. Our friend that came back from ayahuasca is in a restaurant and is like, I'm so zen. I'm so peaceful. I'm now connected with Gaia and the earth and love and everything. But then he's in a restaurant. There's a bunch of rich people there and like a plant that's artificial. And he's like, I can't be sitting here. The people here, the energy. I can't vibes, the energy. And I'm like, the vibes and the energy is you. Like it's within you that all this struggling and suffering is generated right now. And this is not in the external world. It's very easy to then project and think, oh, the reason my life is not the way it's supposed to be are these people or is this country or is this company, this employer, is the political system. Oh my God, I came back from the jungle and there's a war breaking out, a pandemic. It's the world that is making it impossible for me to be happy. But it never is. It's again that side of the same coin, right? It's also the, oh, you found some a part in you that was peaceful, that is beautiful, and that can be really useful to you. But now let me show you what the rest of you feels like in reality. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you're smart at say, saying it all. It's so inconvenient, right? It's like, well, but I thought I surpassed all that with my ayahuasca, you know, resolution of whatever problems I had and traumas. When I came back to Germany, I've done this enough times now in enough ways that I knew every step of the way. It's not Germany. It's not my family. It's nobody else. This is in me. But I couldn't figure out I couldn't pinpoint what it is. And every day it seemed to be different things. And I knew, I remember last week thinking, when the answer is so complicated, when it's a multitude of problems, well, it is this relationship with this person and that triggering event, when it's this kind of complicated, convoluted reason, it's not the truth. The truth is always simple. It's never that complicated. How do you go from there to simple? I mean, I don't know. I think for me, it was saying and reminding myself, okay, since my current answers are constantly changing and if I wanted to summarize it to myself, what I've been thinking the last three weeks, it feels way too complicated. 
I need to realize and accept that all that is not it. All these things are bullshit. All these things are distractions. So that's not it. That helps. It's a letting go of all this noise. And for me, it was a knowing that the reason will stare me in the face and I will know it when I see it. There were moments, now thinking back, it was staring me in the face the entire time. The moments where I thought, it's probably staring me the entire time and I can't see it. Now it seems so crazy that I even thought these things. Like, like how could I be so blind? But I had this belief, all this is a bunch of noise. The answer, once it presents itself or once I'm ready to see it, will be simple. Inner clicking that happens when that happens. The moment on Sunday morning, for the who knows how many time that my body or my spirit or whoever gave me that message, dude, chill the fuck out. You don't have to do this much. Relax. There, when I was ready in that moment to hear it, to feel it, to really realize it, it's an instant recognition in myself that was an instant like, oh, that's it. And through that lens, I can explain all the things, right? Because that was the core, the kernel that connected all these experiences. Didn't matter. My friends from Switzerland came for a weekend. My children were sleeping here. You know, my mom, my brothers, all these people I had amazing experiences with them. The entire time I was thinking, breathe relaxed, just try to enjoy the moment, be with these people. And then they would leave and I was exhausted and I was like scratching my head. Still not there yet. I don't know why. I can't be with them and relax. I'm not sure. And that answer, you know that it's the truth. A, something inside of you recognizes it as the core, the truth. But the other thing is that through that, you can explain all these symptoms of problems. Oh, I have a headache, my nose is running, and I'm sneezing, and I don't have that much appetite, and my body's aching because I have a cold. Not every of these symptoms is a confusing body reaction where I'm like, my nose is running. Is my brain leaking? What does this mean? Is my nose broken? Oh, wait, body aches. Do I have a problem with my legs? No, you realize, oh, there's one core issue and it generates all this surface level symptoms, all these problems. Instead of being kind of confused by all the symptoms at the surface, it helps to have gone through this exercise where you go through it enough times of this experience and you sort of know what's coming. And in my case, I have some trust in this process. But it doesn't make the journey less rocky. I mean, maybe it does, but it still makes it unpleasant. Throughout the entire time, I was rocking in this carriage and I was thinking, this could be smooth. One day I'll arrive at a smooth place, but I'm not able right now to see it. And then once I saw it, smooth riding, sailing, all of a sudden, I'm just floating down a river. I'm like, oh, yes. Okay, this is nice. But I was able to not lose myself in the rockiness, to not believe in the great narrative that the fault is in a person, circumstances, the world, this country, whatever is going on in my life. Also, like a couple of times the last three weeks, I thought, holy shit, I have a lot going on in my life right now. Like more so than I had in years. Like the amount of change on every level of my life is quite tremendous. And I thought, all right, maybe it's not that unusual that it's a bit of a rocky inner experience. <laughs> there's a lot going on right now. But there's a lot going on. And that explains that a lot of me is triggered or a lot of me is activated or a lot of me is overwhelmed. But it doesn't necessarily need to be. 
It's not a, when you go through a lot of change, there's only one way of experiencing it, which is the one way you're experiencing it right now yourself. Because I could be a lot more stressed right now. And as I've seen since Sunday, since I've had this little paradigm shift, we'll see how long this, maybe this maintains for a very long time, maybe not. But since I had the paradigm shift, nothing changed in my life. My days became even busier, but I have a very different experience, much calmer, much more peaceful, much more enjoyable. And the thing that's changing is the way, the kind of embodiment that I live out and the way that I approach my life and my days, the way that I look at it, the lens has changed. Nothing else has changed in the outside world. But it's a tricky thing to do. It's very easy to lose it. It's a very easy thing to lose this, oh, I'm not the water, I'm the glass, right? And if you put orange juice in there or coffee or tea or something, that will fill me up and it will change me and my matter, but I am the glass. Every time I kind of fold that and stay with, like, hold on to it, right? And say, like, oh, letting go of that so there's space for something else. But when I was learning to surf, right, there was this, the surfer teacher was this old dude, right? And then this, like, where you have to go, out into the ocean again and again against the waves, right? And he would go so smooth, right? Completely like effortless. And I would be pushing, fighting. And, you know, when you go out, you also have to feel the waves, right? So that you don't have to fight or push against every wave, but you kind of go in between the spaces, right? And say, okay, I was uh, pushing, pushing, pushing. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, that goes back to this. If you're struggling, you're doing it wrong or you're being in a struggling state, but it's not the thing. If you do things right there, typically every person that knows how to do something well, what will they all tell you? Relax, gentle, slow. Ah, it's not that complicated, simple, easy, breathe. It doesn't matter if it's a martial art, if it's an activity, or if it's a, a skill set. When people... Anyone that's trying to teach you mastery and at the core of the teaching is this is highly sophisticated, so complicated that only through more suffering, more tension can you reach it. They're full of shit. Real masters, they always go chill. At the core of the message of any master teaching students, chill, do less. No need to do that much, less, chill. And I was thinking about the cup metaphor because we talked about this before with a fully emptied cup, right? Like when you are filled with bullshit right now, with pain, with suffering, with struggle, with confusion, all you want to do is empty yourself of that. You want to get rid of that, right? And somehow that struggle of emptying you of it is filling you up more and more with that. So the challenge becomes to not forget that you're not that struggle, that you're not that pain, that life in you at your core are not what's currently perceived. Yeah, it's difficult. But you know, the flip side is the same way. When you're filled with joy and happiness and love and excitement, it's equally important to realize that's also not who I am at the core. And this is also something that the moment I try to hold on to it, I'll start turning the sour, this beautiful, fresh, vital liquid in this glass will turn stale and sour and dead and out of love will turn something into suffering. So the art of living to some degree is the art of completely emptying your cup every day and letting life fill it up again, right? And just holding what's there and dealing with what's there and appreciating what's there without too much attachment, right? Without a confusion that this is who I am, this is my identity. Not when it's particularly bad, but also not when it's particularly good. 
the moment you hold on to something that's particularly good, you're starting the process of turning it bad, right? Making it something that it can never be. Life is so impermanent. All that philosophically is maybe easy to understand, maybe not. But to me, it makes a lot of sense philosophically. Living it, obviously, is, you know, it's simple, but much more challenging, like not getting lost. And for me, the current beautiful challenge that I'm going through is being in an environment again that triggers these strings within me a lot more, that is stimulating that sense of I have to overdo, overachieve, overaccomplish. The doing is what defines me in the relationships of my life. And all these relationships are basically to-do items and responsibilities for me at the core. That, to have the blessing of experiencing this now with a new lens and having the opportunity to transform it into something new, right? To let this go and flow into the past and create something completely different in the future. A different Steli in Germany, a different Steli with his family, a different Steli with his friends. And that's the current practice. That's the current task. I was asking myself, what is the task that I'm struggling so much with since I'm back creating all this torment and tumultuous experience within me? And now that I realize that, it's nice. It's very nice. Like on Sunday morning, I was very happy. It's sort of the da and Eureka at the same moment. It's like, oh my God, it's so obvious. And oh my God, I'm so excited. I finally figured it out. And now the real work begins of like everyday practicing, forgetting, remembering, forgetting, remembering, forgetting, remembering. But what has been beautiful for me is seeing how instantaneous the world changed. And this is maybe the most beautiful gift. If I can be in glowed here, I mean, this is not the worst place in the world. This is a beautiful place. But for me, it's so tagged with all triggers. If I can be englowed here, that's a much bigger blessing for me than feeling englowed in some monastery or some, you know, holy place in the jungle, which is also awesome. But this is where I grew up. This is where my family is. This is where a lot of my friends are. If I can't be feeling happy and enlightened here, then I'll always struggle in life, no matter how many times I go to holy places to meditate, you know. So turning this into a holy place for me, turning this into a place where I feel englowment and I feel flow and I feel a lightheartedness, that's the big potential gift that's awaiting me.